Hi, welcome to A Dialect Learner. I'm Clay, and in this episode, I would like to kick off the real start of the podcast by sharing what I've found to be one of the most practically helpful pieces of information in my own dialect learning. I would like to provide estimates of how many study hours it will take to become fluent in different language varieties, based on timelines of language instruction run by the U.S. government. I'll also check those estimates against the experiences of a couple well-known online polyglots and against my own experiences. And I'll explain why having realistic expectations of the overall study time needed has not only removed insecurities from my dialect learning, but also provided a boost of motivation. But first, why kick things off by looking so far ahead to how long it will take to ultimately become fluent? Well, the question of how long it takes to become fluent in a foreign dialect is a popular enough one online. But most explanations I've heard end up giving more of a pep talk than providing actual timelines to fluency. I think that's the case for a couple of reasons. First, it may be hard for people who are self-studying to estimate how long they personally have studied a dialect, and it may be hard to determine when exactly they became fluent. Second, Individuals may not have the statistical or institutional data to compare average learning times. Even if they did, offering any particular estimates might seem like going out on a limb. In any event, if the timelines are realistic, they will be less of a rosy picture than many beginners would like to believe. But I think it's worth talking about realistic timelines to fluency and taking the risk that they might end up not being true for some learners, because having realistic expectations for me has actually given me more self-assurance and motivation while studying. You know, it seems almost inconceivable to me that a person could study a dialect online nowadays without at least at some point thinking there was something wrong with the way they were studying, or perhaps even wrong with themselves, because they were not getting the same results that it seems others are getting on YouTube or social media. I don't remember feeling that way about any other subjects I've studied, like math or history in school, though perhaps that's just because I didn't care as much about my results. In dialect learning, it seems we are destined to compare ourselves with examples online and inevitably come up short. But I'm not sure that the image we get from online polyglots always reflects the reality. In part, that's because of the natural desire to only show our positive sides and successes but also because of the incentive to create content that people want to hear. And a lot of people want to believe that miracles can happen, that we can reach fluency after only a short amount of study. But I've taken off my rose-colored glasses and come to think that we can only really compare ourselves with other dialect learners if we know their linguistic background, how many hours they've studied, and the level they actually achieve. Just as an example, One popular YouTuber who shocks people on the street by speaking supposedly fluently in their native languages has admitted he only reaches about an A1 level in those, which is equivalent to a lower beginner. But what happens when a person feels they are not progressing as quickly as they should because of false expectations? They may doubt their study method, doubt themselves, question whether they'll ever become fluent, and give up. On the other hand, what could realistic expectations give us? Well, for me, realistic expectations about the total number of study hours needed to reach my goal of fluency have taken a real weight off my shoulders. They've transformed the question of 
how can I become fluent or will I become fluent to simply when will I become fluent? And they provide an answer. And that total number of study hours can be met based on my schedule. Plus, I have much more control over the number of hours I put into study than on finding the answers to more esoteric questions like which language learning method is the most efficient. So if unrealistic expectations are motivation killers and realistic expectations take a weight off our shoulders and provide a sense of certainty, where on earth can we find these realistic expectations on how long it will take to become fluent in a foreign dialect? Well, the data that I'll be using is based on language programs run by the U.S. government to train future diplomats. These programs are administered by the Foreign Service Institute, or FSI, which is a part of the U.S. State Department. Now, I am not the first to use FSI data in estimating how long it will take to become fluent in a foreign dialect. There are many sources online that point to the FSI programs and look to their total number of classroom hours to estimate the total study time needed to become fluent. But I think they are underestimating how much time FSI students actually spend studying because they do not account for self-study outside the classroom. I'll include a self-study assumption in my estimates and will explain why I think it's more reflective of the reality than what is often quoted. So what are these FSI programs all about? FSI provides intensive language training in 66 language varieties. The goal of language training at FSI is to take native English speakers from nothing to general professional proficiency in reading and speaking, which includes interactive listening comprehension. Training is full-time and lasts between 24 and 88 weeks, with about five hours of classroom instruction every weekday. Class sizes are typically four to six students or smaller. Except for the longest programs of 88 weeks, all instruction is done in the U.S. In 88-week programs, which are spread over two years, the first year is spent in the U.S. and the second year is spent living in a country where the language is spoken. Students are tested at the end of their program. As of 1999, the mean age of students was 41 years old and the average student began class knowing 2.3 non-English languages, although most of them enrolled as absolute beginners in the language variety they were assigned to study. According to data from 2012, 60% of FSI students across all languages had reached the required level of general professional proficiency by the end of their normal training program, and a further 22% were able to reach the required level with additional study. Importantly for our estimates, FSI administrators have found that in addition to regular class time five days a week, students require three or more additional hours a day of independent study. And in FSI's experience, as shared in a 1999 paper, I quote, the time necessary for a beginning learner to develop professional proficiency in each language, proven again and again over half a century of language teaching, cannot be shortened appreciably. FSI has tried to shorten programs and it has not worked, end quote. So a lot of folks online point to these FSI programs because of their long experience and the number of standard language varieties they instruct in and use them as a basis to estimate how long it will take to become fluent. They usually do so by quoting the total number of classroom hours, which is just the number of weeks of the program times 25 hours a week or five hours per workday. But as indicated by FSI administrators and as reported by former FSI students, 
there is also an important component of self-study beyond the classroom. For this, I assume three hours of self-study per workday, which is consistent with FSI sources and which reflects usual full-time employment in the U.S. government of eight hours per day, here five hours in the classroom and three hours of self-study, for a total of 40 hours per week. Thus, my estimates for the total number of hours that students in the FSI program spent studying is equal to the number of weeks of the program times 40 hours of study per week for the full-time program. Once I have an estimate of the total number of study hours, I convert that to a number of years and months of study, assuming an average amount of study time per day. For this, I assume an average of one hour of study per day. To me, that's ambitious but attainable, although of course this assumption could be adjusted. So rather than thinking about, for example, 700 hours of total study, I get a better feel for that amount of time by thinking about it as roughly two years of studying one hour per day, or about four years of studying 30 minutes per day, or perhaps even eight years of studying 15 minutes a day. So with that explanation and bit of math behind us, what estimates do I draw from the FSI experience in language instruction? Well, FSI divides up languages into five categories based on the duration of the programs to teach them. In the first category, which comprises most Romance dialects, including Italian, Portuguese, and Romanian, as well as Scandinavian dialects of Swedish, Danish, and Norwegian, plus Dutch, the full-time FSI program lasts 24 weeks, which, assuming 40 hours of study per week, equals 960 total study hours. For a person studying on average one hour per day, it would take about two years and seven months to reach the same total number of study hours. I think of these as two and a half year languages. For the second category, which has only the Romance dialects of French and as of last year Spanish, the FSI program lasts 30 weeks for a total of 1,200 assumed study hours, or about three years and three months of studying one hour per day. I think of these as a little over three years languages. Though, given that Spanish was for a long time in the shorter 24-week FSI program, I might also place it in the first category of two-and-a-half-year languages for my own thinking. For the third category, which comprises the varieties of German, Indonesian, Malay, Swahili, and Haitian Creole, the FSI program is 36 weeks, or 1,440 assumed total study hours, which is a bit over three years and 11 months study of one hour a day. I think of these as four-year languages. For the fourth category, which has most other language varieties taught at FSI, including Baltic, Slavic, Turkic, Iranian, Indo-Aryan, Dravidian, and others, the programs last 44 weeks, which equals 1,760 assumed total study hours, or four years and 10 months of study at one hour per day. I think of these as five-year languages. Within this catch-all category, seven varieties have previously been indicated as taking longer to learn than others in this category. I think of these, i.e. Finnish, Estonian, Hungarian, Mongolian, Georgian, Thai, and Vietnamese, as over five-year languages. Finally, for the fifth category, which comprises varieties of Japanese, Korean, Cantonese, Mandarin, and Arabic, 
the FSI programs last 88 weeks, which equals a total of 3,520 assumed study hours, or about 9 years and 8 months of studying 1 hour per day. I think of these as 10-year languages. So, what to make of these estimates based solely on the FSI programs? How well would they predict the length of our own language journey to fluency? Well, they seem a little depressing to me at first glance, so let's start by considering why these estimates might be conservative. First, the FSI programs are intended to train students to general professional proficiency. After training, these diplomats are expected to work in the varieties they've studied and to represent the United States government while doing so. Your fluency goals may not be as lofty. Specifically, the general professional proficiency standard used by FSI includes that the student can use the language as part of normal professional duties, such as conducting meetings, delivering briefings, or other extended and elaborate informative monologues. In face-to-face -face conversation with natives speaking the standard dialect at a normal rate of speech, comprehension is quite complete. And able to read within a normal range of speed and with almost complete comprehension a variety of authentic prose material on unfamiliar subjects. In addition to this level of general professional proficiency being perhaps a bit higher than you may aspire to, your study time might be more productive, at least in part, in the sense that one's productivity over the course of an eight-hour study day probably decreases, such that the eighth hour of study is not as productive as the first hour. If you study in one-hour daily chunks instead, for example, each hour might be a bit more productive on average, though we must also consider that FSI students receive tons of specialized professional instruction and support to boost their productivity. Further, the amount of self-study time likely varies by student, and it could be that students who spend less than an average of three hours per workday on self-study are also able to pass their exams at the end of the program period. Finally, your interest and motivation in your particular language variety might be higher than some FSI students, given that they are assigned a particular variety to study based on the needs of the State Department, whereas you are, hopefully, free to study whatever you want. So if these factors may lead us to think that the estimates I presented are conservative, i.e. too long, how about the flip side? Why might they actually be too low? Well, the FSI courses are designed to prepare students to meet the required levels in their writing and speaking tests, though the speaking test also includes a listening component. Students are not tested on their writing, or as I understand, specifically on listening comprehension. So their balance of studying may be skewed towards the skills they know they'll need for their speaking and reading tests. That may not reflect the balance that you want. For example, you might want to put relatively more time into listening comprehension. That could mean a longer overall study time to reach your goals in each of listening, speaking, reading, and writing. And we shouldn't forget all the support and professional instruction offered to FSI students over the course of their programs. But perhaps most significantly, for the quote hardest language varieties in the 88-week programs spread over two years, i.e. Japanese, Korean, Cantonese, Mandarin, and Arabic, the picture doesn't necessarily get rosier upon closer inspection. For these programs, the first year of study is done in the United States, while the second year of study is performed in a country where the language is spoken. 
Thus, although I'm assuming only 40 hours a week of study and no study on the weekends, including for these language varieties, it's inevitable that during that second year, students will get even more meaningful exposure outside of the classroom through immersion while living in the country. Therefore, particularly with respect to the hardest language varieties, my estimates may be on the low side. But they're depressing enough, and I don't want to make them any longer. As an aside, the author behind the Hacking Chinese blog and podcast has said he thinks it may take 10,000 hours of study to be able to work in Mandarin without language being any issue, and that is way worse than my estimate of 3,520 hours to fluency. But conservative or not, all these estimates assume you're a native speaker of some dialect of English. And what if that's not the case? Well, I don't know, but my assumption would be that if you have a strong command of a variety of English, then these estimates should also be fairly valid, even if you're not a native speaker, because you'll be able to recognize many of the same cognate words or similar grammatical structures to English. If anything, the times may be shorter for you, especially if you're learning a language variety in the same family as your native language, or in the same family as another language variety you know fluently. Okay, so with those estimates laid out with some considerations as to why they may or may not be accurate overall, how do they compare against real-world examples? I'll start here by looking at the reported experiences of a couple popular online polyglots. Lydia Machova, a Slovak polyglot, often talks about how she has learned new languages about every two years by studying one hour per day. Lydia studied English and German in school and went on to study Polish, Russian, Spanish, French, and Esperanto. So how would that two-year time frame compare against my estimates? Well, the shortest timeline I estimate for a native English speaker to learn a variety closest to English, such as Dutch, is about two and a half years of studying one hour per day. So Lydia, learning Polish and Russian, two Slavic varieties fairly closely related to her native Slovak, in two years of studying one hour per day, is a bit quicker than I would estimate by analogy, but still largely in line. Regarding Spanish and French, while Lydia is not a native English speaker, she has a strong level in English and I assume gets many of the benefits of knowing English when learning new language varieties. According to the most recent FSI timeframes, the 30-week programs for French and Spanish would equal over three years of study of one hour per day. However, I note that other Romance varieties, like Romanian and Portuguese, are taught in the shortest 24-week FSI programs, which equal about two and a half years of studying one hour per day. So again, Lydia's two-year time frame is shorter than I would have guessed, but not wholly out of line. I do recall Lydia saying her French in particular was a bit more limited than other varieties she studied, which would be consistent with a little shorter study time frame. FSI doesn't teach Esperanto, but from what I understand, as a constructed language, it is one of the easiest for many speakers of European languages to learn, so again, a two-year time frame would not be out of line with what I would have guessed. But how about someone learning a language variety more distant from the ones they already know? Well, Steve Kaufman, a well-known online polyglot, studied standard Russian in retirement up to a fluent level. Steve has said that he spent five years studying Russian for one hour a day. That is consistent with the estimates that I provided for Slavic varieties, which are taught in a 44-week full-time FSI program, 
which equals about four years and 10 months of study at one hour per day. And how do the estimates compare to my own experiences? Well, I think I've only reached fluency levels in any respect in my Parisian and Moscovan studies. For Parisian, I spent two and a half years taking classes at university, spent one semester abroad in Paris, and then spent the summer after coming back from Paris studying on my own. In Paris, most of my courses were in Parisian French, and outside of class, I was constantly listening to Metropolitan French, mostly standard Parisian. So, from my coursework at my home university before going abroad, I assume I studied about 300 hours total across five semesters. In Paris, I think I might have effectively studied five hours a day over the little more than four months I was there, for a total of perhaps 600 hours of study in France. Over the summer after coming back, I studied about one hour a day for two months, or 60 extra hours. Therefore, I think my total study time in Parisian before starting my senior year was around 1,000 hours, which is a bit below the 1,200 hours that I would estimate based on the FSI program. And while I felt fluent in my speaking after that amount of study, my writing was weaker, and there were definitely gaps in my listening and vocabulary. Reading some literature was also still difficult for me. Therefore, overall, I think my experience is similar to the timeline I would derive from the FSI program. For Moscovin, I studied one semester at university, followed by a little under a year of studying, perhaps 30 minutes a day, on my own. And then I took a long eight-year break. When I restarted Moscovin, I spent a little under three years studying diligently one hour a day. Therefore, in total, I think I spent about the equivalent of three and a half years of studying one hour a day, or about 1,200 hours total. When I stopped, I felt that my reading and listening were near fluency. However, my speaking was never at a fluent level, perhaps lower intermediate, B1 at best. At that time, I thought I had another year of studying ahead of me, focused on speaking, which would have been an additional 365 hours bringing the rough total of hours that I expected up to maybe 1,565. That's about 200 hours less than the estimate of 1,760 hours I would derive from the FSI programs. However, I never reached a fluent speaking level, so I can't say for sure how much more time it would have taken. Overall, I think my experience with Moscovin is generally consistent with my estimate from the FSI program. So I hope the timelines I've given here will be helpful in setting some of your own expectations. And if not, I hope that you will be able to find some realistic expectations for yourself. But more importantly than just getting the numbers right, what setting reasonable timelines has given me has been to shift the way I think about becoming fluent in a foreign dialect, from if or how to simply when. Because often in online discussions, the question of efficiency is paramount. Many companies will say they have developed a more efficient way for you to learn that will help you reach your goal in less time. I have no way of evaluating these claims of efficiency, but in my experience, worrying about efficiency and dialect learning has itself been quite inefficient. At the end of the day, what we're talking about is remembering and internalizing something new. For me, it's easier to remember things that I understand as fully as I can, that I see repeated, and hopefully that I have some emotional connection to. Beyond that, I don't know. And by putting aside any solution to the esoteric question of efficiency, 
and focusing only on realistic time frames, it takes a great weight off my shoulders. Because now I don't have to rely on the unknown of whether I will find the correct learning method that will get me to fluency. I simply have to spend a certain amount of time on focused study, whatever that looks like, and I believe I'll reach my goal. Focusing on realistic time frames diffuses arguments over efficiency. For example, let's take another well-known online polyglot, Luca Lampariello. In addition to his native Italian, Luca speaks in English, French, German, Spanish, Dutch, Swedish, Russian, Portuguese, Polish, and more. Luca has said he studies for about one hour a day, like Lydia and Steve. And I also assumed one hour of study in putting together my time estimates. But let's say that Luca, a super experienced polyglot, has a magic method which allows him to study 25% more efficiently than I study. I don't personally believe that, but let's just assume it. Well, I don't know how to increase my study efficiency, but I don't necessarily need to because the equivalent of studying one hour a day 25% more efficiently than me would be if I studied one hour and 15 minutes a day, i.e. 25% more time. Therefore, by adding an extra 15 minutes of study per day, I can equal the results of someone who supposedly studies even 25% more efficiently than I do. And studying an extra 15 minutes a day is something that is far more within my power than trying to discover and repeat some super method. And anyway, I don't particularly agree with some of the presumptions behind the discussion on efficiency. Rather than asking, how do I spend my study time most efficiently? I would ask, how do I spend my free time most efficiently to progress towards my goals? In this sense, studying for 15 minutes a day using a method that's supposedly twice as efficient and then spending 30 minutes on TikTok would not be as beneficial as studying 45 minutes per day the old-fashioned way. My aim is to put in as much study time as I can reasonably manage without taking away from other important life goals, and I personally don't worry about so-called efficiency because of my belief that after I put in a certain amount of dedicated study time, I will inevitably reach my goal. And I chose Luca Lampariello for this example not just because he is an inspirational dialect learner, but also because he is a guy living in Rome in 2024 whose study methods are not that unlike a person living in Rome 2,000 years ago. His main study technique is translating back and forth. He works a lot with paper and books. Perhaps the biggest innovation he has embraced in the past couple millennia is the graphite pencil that he writes with as opposed to using a wax tablet. I kid, but really, I could imagine Lucas studying ancient Greek while living in ancient Rome, using methods not so dissimilar to the way he studies now. Luca does not use apps. Apps are all the rage. And Luca is a very accomplished dialect learner. Therefore, I like to have his example in my head whenever thinking about the efficiency debates because no one can argue with the results he has achieved, and he has achieved them while using some of the most basic, fundamental methods of dialect learning that have existed for a long time. So having realistic time frames in mind helps me not only believe that fluency is inevitable, but also put aside nagging doubts about the efficiency debates. On top of that, it can add a boost of motivation through a little extra math. For example, when I was studying a Slavic dialect without any prior experience in Slavic, I assumed that it would take about five years of study to become fluent if I studied an average of one hour per day. 
But what if I ended up slacking off and only studying 30 minutes per day? Well, if I studied half as much per day, it would take me twice as many days to reach the same number of total hours, i.e. 10 years instead of 5. Was it worth it to me to save 30 minutes of study a day and add on 5 more years to reach the same result? No. I felt quite the opposite. What if on top of 1 hour per day, I added even just that extra 15 minutes I mentioned earlier? In that case, instead of studying over 5 years, I could reach my goal in 4 years. So by simply studying an extra 15 minutes a day, I could shave off one year of study. And increasing the average amount of study time per day doesn't have to be done every day. I could study two extra hours on the weekends, for example, and equally increase my total study time by 25% over a base of one hour per day. This little bit of math I found very motivating because every additional amount that I could study, especially if done consistently over time, could have an outsized impact on when I ultimately reach my goal. And it puts the control of when I become fluent in my hands alone, without being based on any factors other than the time I put in, like supposed aptitude, efficiency of method, or anything else. It takes away the guesswork. Doing this bit of math also immediately brought me back down to earth whenever I heard some advice about only studying 15 minutes a day, and thought about how that would quadruple the years needed to reach my goal. When put that way, studying 15 minutes a day doesn't seem quite as attractive. As a final benefit, thinking about realistic timelines to fluency has tempered some of those tantalizing thoughts about dropping everything and starting to study a brand new dialect. Would I like to be fluent in a dialect of Japanese? Sure. Am I prepared now to commit to studying the equivalent of one hour a day for 10 years to get there? Eh, not so sure. Of course, dabbling itself can be fun, and I can set my goals much lower than fluency. Plus, maybe it wouldn't even take that long to become fluent. But before I set off on a new linguistic adventure, I would like to be able to say confidently that, if it did take as long as I expect to reach my goal, it definitely would be worth it. Because I need to be motivated not just at the beginning of that journey, but for all the months and years of it. However, once I've accepted the bargain, and decided that the time investment is worth it, it lets me focus solely on putting in that time and having as much fun as I can while I'm doing it. And speaking of fun, maybe now's a good time to add in a little pep talk of my own. Because while the overall timelines may be long, it's not at all been my experience that I only get benefits from knowing a dialect once I feel fluent in some way. In one sense, it's quite the contrary. Because if you're a serial dialect learner like me, once you reach your goal in a particular dialect, you may well move on to the next one and spend all that time that you used to spend on the dialect you're now fluent in, progressing in the brand new dialect. I still listen to and enjoy Parisian French to this day, but after reaching my goal in college, I haven't spent nearly as much time using Parisian as when I was studying it. Most of the benefit and enjoyment I got out of it was during that study period, pushing up to fluency. More generally, once I've reached an upper beginner level, maybe upper A2, I can use plenty of media, including TV shows, movies, books, podcasts, and social media to study from, which is quite enjoyable. Moreover, at that level, I've usually had a good enough grasp on the grammar that it's not a hindrance to my comprehension. So the native content is available, and I'm using it, 
and it's really just a question of having to look up fewer and fewer words as I progress, or being able to speak with fewer errors and a better accent. But the basic capabilities are already there. And before this upper beginner level, there's a fair amount of honeymoon period and initial excitement to keep me going. So having realistic expectations of how long it will take to become fluent takes a burden off my shoulders and adds motivation because I know that I can directly affect how quickly I reach my goal by adjusting how much I study on average per day. And while I'm on that long road towards inevitable success, if I keep going, I know that there is plenty of material that will be accessible to me to enjoy, even as an upper beginner, and that, in fact, this time while I'm studying is quite possibly when I'll get the most enjoyment out of the dialect I'm learning, because after I've reached my goal, I'll just move on to the next one. So I hope I've explained why I think realistic expectations have been so helpful to my mental state in my own dialect learning, and I hope that I've provided at least one set of examples for possible realistic timeframes that may be helpful to you. As a recap, if you're a native English speaker putting in on average one hour of focused study time per day, I think it'll take about two and a half years to become fluent in most romance varieties, plus Danish, Swedish, Norwegian, or Dutch, a little over three years to become fluent in French and perhaps Spanish as well, about four years to become fluent in German, Swahili, Malay, Indonesian, or Haitian Creole, about five years or a bit longer to become fluent in most other language varieties, and a little under 10 years to become fluent in dialects of Japanese, Korean, Cantonese, Mandarin, or Arabic. Of course, you may disagree with my estimates, but I hope that I have presented the basis for them as well as my assumptions well enough so that anyone can make a more informed estimate for themselves. And with that, I thank you for listening to this episode. Until the next one, dialect learners.